0: On June 15th, finally. Suit up. I'm in. Finally. <laughs> wow. Finally, the Incredibles are back. Mr. Incredible catching, catching the, the bad, bad guys. guys. Pow, pow. Incredibles 2. Ready, PG. Tickets available now. You're at the right place at the right time. Zip you found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. It's super delicious. I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Be <laughs> our Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So... Grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go! Because it's time for another episode of the Capades podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your day.
1: happy friday mousecapades listeners this is vicky and i'm here with kaylee and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears the mousecapades podcast this is episode 311 last week we talked about the disney world icons so we thought it'd be fun to cover the rest of the disney icons at the other parks but before we get started we would like to encourage you to check out our friends at WaltExpress.com. For Disney deals, tips, tricks, and all things Disney.
2: As always, if you have an idea for the show, we would love to hear from you. Simply text us at 407-674-0414 or email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. The first icon we are going to be talking about is Sleeping Beauty's Castle, which is the icon for both Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland. It's the smallest of all the icons at only 77 feet tall, and it's considered a pocket-sized fairy tale castle. They have changed the color over the years, but Sleeping Beauty's castle still remains the icon for Disneyland, Walt's original creation. Walt famously challenged his Imagineers to utilize the tight space inside the small castle... For more than a storage closet which it was originally used for in california a charming walk through retelling the tale of sleeping beauty through artistic vignettes has been located there ever since It has recently been updated with technological touches. Originally, Disney was going to name the castle after his first princess, Snow White, but at the last minute, he decided to name the Disneyland castle Sleeping Beauty's castle because he had an upcoming movie that was released in theaters four years later.
1: I thought that was interesting because they were saying that he changed the name at the last minute. I thought he changed it at the last minute because, like, the movie was coming out in... I don't know weeks or months but then they said it came out 4 years later. I just thought if it if he was going to change the name the movie would be coming out right away. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah,
2: I kind of can't believe he did it anyway, because most of the things or decisions he made were very smart, which I mean, this was a smart marketing move, even though it was four years out. But Disneyland is the original park. You would think he would want it to represent the original princess, but I understand he did it for advertising purposes, but for what other reason would he have changed it? And so
1: no park has a castle, for Snow White, which I do think is very interesting with that being the first princess and Nick's favorite princess, by the way. I'll just throw that in there since Nick's not here to, to tell you
2: that Snow is his girlfriend. True. He, he always does that. I bet he'll be rooting if they build the next park, which I'm sure they'll probably build another one somewhere. He'll be rooting for it to be Snow White's castle. So we're gonna head on over to Disneyland Paris and I may need your six
1: years of French class to help me uh, pronounce this. the Chateau de la Belle au bois dormant that's pretty good which translates to sleeping beauty's castle that's not as elegant as in, <laughs> as, as it is, is in French. english yeah right this is a towering palace and even though it's named the same as those other two parks Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland they uh the only thing that's alike about them is the color scheme so when the imagineers had the job of creating this icon it was the first park that they had to build in europe now you and I both know that there's already amazing castles in Europe. I know we've never been there, but we've seen pictures of them. We've seen castles in movies, so we know there's others. So they had to find a way to make it extravagant. And after they thought about what they should do, they decided to still make the castle Sleeping Beauties, but they created a fortress that was much more elaborate, colorful, And this is my favorite word so far that this author said fanatical than any other of the Disneyland castles. When you go over the Paris castle drawbridge, there's like an open atrium where these trees hold up a scalable staircase and balconies that pass stained glass windows telling the story of Sleeping Beauty. Now, I know we have stained glass windows in Cinderella's castle, but they're making this seem that those are even more extravagant. They did not touch on it I looked in a couple articles on whether or not they used special glass like we talked about with Cinderella's castle on this last episode that we did about the park icons, or if they use 14 karat gold but we know if they used it here in America, there's a good chance that they used it in France, too, because they needed it to look elegant. And underneath it, they have something called La Treniere du Dragon, the Dragon's Dungeon. I hope that was right. Did that sound? That was a little less close. than. Okay, Well, how about you it. say it?
2: La Treniere du Dragon.
1: Okay, well, the Dragon's Dungeon, which again, sounds much prettier in French. <laughs> is a walkthrough encounter with a sleeping animatronic dragon which is chained into the castle's dark grotto.
2: I mean I feel like this is true for so many things not just Disney but like the standards are so much higher over there. I feel in elegance wise I feel like Americans are easily pleased as long as it's technologically advanced. Because well, they have so much art and so much just, I feel that they're just so much more cultured than we are. And we see like a screen and we're like, look at that screen. That's it's awesome. so great. But I mean, in Europe, it's all very elegant. And I think everything is just up a notch there. Because I honestly have always thought if I visited Europe, I would have to like grow up and act a little bit older than I do here. Not that I act like a child all the time, I do sometimes, but I mean, I feel that I would really have to put on a show almost right, to look more adult than I act here. Since there are already castles, they were like, well, Americans don't really know what castles look like so we can get away with kind of the cheesy cartoon castle coming to life, but we actually have real castles over in Europe, so maybe we should research some castles and figure out how to make it look fancier. but I just think it's so funny. That, yeah, I did think that was hilarious too. Now we're going to head back to California and we're going to talk about the California Adventure icon. It seems that this was a struggle from the beginning trying to find the right centerpiece for California Adventure. But Disney knew that they definitely needed one. And so... Well, before you go on, I just wanted to
1: say I think this is interesting because I automatically, again, never being at California Adventure, would have thought that the big Ferris wheel... because. It stands out in any picture that you look at on a website, on television, it stands out as a big thing. So you would think automatically that that would be the icon of... California Adventure. Okay, go
2: ahead. That's true. That's what I would have thought also. But California Adventure's entryway land, Sunshine Plaza, became the obvious choice for an icon. That's interesting that they say obvious. So at the end of the main walkway opposite the gates, Imagineers designed a huge sun statue above a fountain. Unfortunately, people didn't really pay attention to the statue and they paid more attention to the Golden Gate Bridge, the Grizzly Peak, or the Ferris wheel in Paradise Pier, as we just mentioned. So here's the
1: interesting thing they're probably right. So think about when we first go enter into Disney World and there's that main area, we might glance at the tree or glance at the soldiers that are right there in that beautiful garden where they have character meet and greets the, our eye is drawn to what the castle the castle so even though this was a really cool statue made of a sunshine and it, i mean it is really beautiful i think people are just focused on what the thing is and because they can see the golden gate bridge from california adventure and everything maybe that's why
2: Yeah. Well, Disney decided to focus on the Grizzly Peak and it really didn't do any better because guests didn't initially have a good reception with California Adventure. So Disney announced that they would be doing an overhaul. They would be building new lands and rebuilding existing ones. This made people wonder if the California Adventure would get a new icon and it has never really found an icon that works for it. Some say it's Grizzly Peak, some say it's Mickey's Fun Wheel, and some say the Carthay Circle is the icon. But Disney doesn't really think that California Adventure needs an icon because it is its own park with its own identity.
1: And I thought that was interesting because I had to research this one a lot. And that's why, depending on what site you're using or um, who you're looking at to research this, different people say one of those three things. Not the same, two people in a row would not say the same thing. One of them is like, oh, the Ferris wheel, which made sense to me again, like I told you earlier, because it's so big. And then somebody else said, oh, the Carthay Circle. And then somebody else is like, Grizzly Peak. But it's probably according to when they were created. You know how um, different things in the park catch our eye? Like at the beginning when we first went to Disney World, Beauty and the Beast Castle wasn't there. But that catches your eye now. Or uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train catches, you know what I'm saying? So whatever caught the eye of Yeah, also you mean Magic Kingdom? Yeah, sorry. What did I say now? You kept saying Disney World. Oh, yes. That's my pet peeve. And I did it. Dang.
2: Well, listeners, you can get onto her for a hot minute and then move on. I do think it's interesting because it reminds me of Hollywood Studios and Disney World. I mean, it's slightly different because in Hollywood Studios, we know the Sorcerer's Hat to be the icon because when we first visited, that's what was there. But it's interesting now that it's been removed, some people say, oh, well, the Chinese Theater is the icon. But then other people say, no, it's the Tower of Terror. And there's a little bit of an argument And even though it's not really set, kind of like we talked about last week. This one seems even more like gray area because all of these exist at the same time. Nothing has been removed, but people are like, "No, it's this. No, it's this one," and it just kind of depends.
1: Well, it makes you wonder if on different kinds of merchandise, if they put different things on a cup or a T-shirt or something, and they've traded them out over the years. There's a good reason people could get confused. Who knows? So we're gonna head over to Shanghai Disney, and the icon in Shanghai is the Enchanted Storybook Castle. Now, uh, this is the centerpiece of Shanghai, and it. Shanghai, excuse me, and it opened in June 2016. It's the first castle to represent all the castles. It's also the tallest of all the castles, and it's measuring 197 feet. Last week we said that Cinderella's castle at Magic Kingdom was 177, correct? That sounds right. Um, I believe so. I can go back and look in my notes. But that's still, you know, it's still 20 feet taller. So it contains many facilities inside of this castle, including a walkthrough attraction, a restaurant. It also has a makeover boutique. It doesn't say if it's bippity-boppity or not, which I thought was interesting. I looked in a couple different places but it didn't specify. It has an elaborate stage and this one has a boat ride that goes underneath the main level which i always wondered you know when you're looking at yeah. that and now that we know how many gallons of water are at the magic kingdom why did they not take the opportunity to do that that's true or have a place to go down and sit in a boat and take a picture and makes
2: more money i mean i mean maybe that pre- maybe that would present more traffic if there's one boat for people to take pictures in it's already pretty crowded because the sidewalks on the sides of magic kingdom castle are not like the magic kingdom castle in disney world are not wide at all. They're already hard to get through because people stop. People with strollers stop. That's my biggest pet peeve. I backchecked it. Um, we said Cinderella's Castle last week. We said it last week was 189 feet tall, so it's eight feet shorter than oh, the one in Shanghai. I thought it was a lot. Okay, it's less than I thought. I knew of a it difference. was like a nine because they said if it was a foot taller or so that was when they would need the red light on top, which... Oh, for airplanes. Yes, so they didn't want that. Gotcha.
1: So in the main hall of the castle are mosaics that depict four Disney princesses. Now, because this castle's newer, 2016, uh, it's representing the four seasons. The princess and the frog represents the spring. The tangled represents summer. Brave is represented by autumn and frozen for winter. And in the center, they have a golden chandelier, chandelier that cascades down from a regal blue ceiling shaped like a star that resembles a starry night sky. So that made me kind of think of Las Vegas. You know how they have to make it look like it's how they make it look like day all the time there, but so they made theirs look like it's night inside the castle, which is a cool effect. Yeah. And what did they use to make the night sky and the and the stars? That's what I was wondering. I'm like, was it made of diamonds? Cuz uh when we sing twinkle twinkle, they say like a diamond in the sky, and yeah. I could totally see Because this, again, is over in Shanghai, or in Asia, a wealthy country, or wealthy continent, actually that they could use uh diamonds in there i don't know it d- it didn't say and i looked a couple places and it didn't give any more detail than that it's also the first castle in the disney park to have a multiple main or have multiple main entrances from different sides with elaborate walkways that all meet at the center of the rotunda so that's kind of nice because uh the magic kingdom one we can't always go in it because if there's a show going on the characters have to feed into there you know they close off areas of it so that you can't walk through it all the time and uh uh, that gives everybody a chance to look around in there. And four entrances is nice too. I wonder why it took them until 2016 to realize that.
2: I guess it's just learning like from experience or maybe it was an idea that got bounced around, but they found issues with it before actually build it. I don't know. Just things like that. You always wonder that we may never know about that. But I do find it interesting. I remember seeing kind of blueprints or projections of what this castle was going to look like. There was a lot of hype around it because it was announced that it was going to be a combination castle. And everybody started going nuts because everybody wanted to know how are they going to do that. It's going to be ugly. Some people were really excited. Some people were enraged almost, which you kind of have a right, but also it's just a Disney park. We'll all still love it. It'll be okay. But that'll get you to go to Paris. I mean, to Shanghai. That's true. That's what they want. They want the hype, even if it's negative, because they're going to have people, even if they don't think it's a good idea, they're going to have people go look at it just to prove themselves. But. I think it's nice that they were able to incorporate multiple princesses, but at the same time, I kind of am sad that they didn't dedicate it to one, but I know that they probably, it's not logical for them to be able to build a castle for each princess. The Beauty and the Beast castle was put into Disney World, as a restaurant. Now, granted, it was way less of what people were expecting. It's not as extravagant, obviously, as an icon of a park, but I'm wondering if there are ways they could incorporate other princesses and other parks that way, because I know they can never give, like I just said, they can never give every princess their own castle. That would be insane because it would be too much to do and too many parks if they were like, we need a park for every princess. That would be insane, but at least giving them some little nod in every park. Maybe not in every park, but but just somewhere in a Disney park give a princess a nod somewhere. I don't know.
1: That's just an idea. So the Enchanted Storm Castle in Shanghai overall look was inspired by the Renaissance architecture and the design features numerous details and elements from other Disney castles, which you talked about. So designers incorporated Chinese stylings and decorative elements to appeal to the country's audience. For example, the castle is topped with a golden peony, which is a flower popular among Chinese traditions. And besides the peony, the castle also bears a great amount of symbolic elements that illustrate the partnership and the blending between Disney and Chinese culture. During the designing phase of the castle, modern technology such as 3D computer modeling um, was applied to the design to break down the constructional steps for the team Which is pretty cool. But again, this is 2016. And when uh, Disneyland, the very first castle, was built, they didn't have that technology to be able to do that. And so they were adding um, to its gigantic size. The castle actually was built on an elevated platform so that it could be seen miles from the park. Which is pretty cool. Kind of like when you're in New York and you see... The Empire State Building from far yeah, away. Yeah, that
2: is pretty smart. And I think I like that because I obviously uh, we've never been to Shanghai Disney, but I don't know if any other attractions would compare to it, especially if it's elevated like that. And that's the only thing I get sad about a little bit in Magic Kingdom in Disney World is that the castle is kind of overshadowed sometimes by Space Mountain, depending on which part, like which direction area you're, you're viewing in. it from. This is true. Which is kind of sad because even though I love Space Mountain, You want the castle to be the castle. That is the thing. And I think that's why when we talked about the Tron ride that's going to be built, but the extensive lengths and the size that they're going to have to go through to make it. And we're just all worried that it might even overshadow Space Mountain. So what's it going to do to the castle at that point with the technology that it's going to have? So that's just, I think that was a smart move on their part to elevate it. Well, so
1: the platform itself is actually a gigantic building that houses the boat ride that we talked about going, that goes underneath that castle. Castle. that's pretty cool I mean they really thought this through not that they don't with any new building but I just they amaze me with the things they come up with like uh the underground tunnels at, at the Magic Kingdom and just the things that they've learned over the years. So Shanghai Disneyland is also the very first Disney park to reinvent the logistics around the castle. So during the nightly fireworks shows, the launch pads for the pyrotechnics from the castle are built to the front of the castle. While the castle itself is isolated from the rest of Fantasyland's attractions, it enables all the rides in the back of the area Uh, That would close down in the park to be operational. So anybody who doesn't want to see the fireworks show or they've already seen it ride rides, which I know that some of our rides are still open at Magic Kingdom when we're there and I know that because uh, our listeners, Heidi and Rob, they have said, you know get on a ride while the fireworks are going on because it's really cool to watch.
2: Like you were saying, everything that they thought of with this castle was just extremely advanced compared to everything else but it's because they have the technology to do that and I'm sure in 5 to 10 more years when they come up with more things we're gonna be like how did they think of that when like 10 years ago this is what they were doing that's so lame because like that's just how it goes but Walt's thing was always keep moving forward so.
1: Well cause think about in One Man's Dream all those blueprints and stuff that he, they have in there and now all that can be done digitally.
2: Yeah. And any changes they don't have to get a whole new blueprint They can just... They click a mouse and it's done. Right. Or they use a pen, a digital pen, and they're like, oh, I got to erase that.
1: Let me do it again. Or, or or, just save a copy of what they have in case what they add on doesn't work. They could always have multiple copies of something and then design it and look and see which one seems like it's going to meet all the needs and have all the things that they want it to have. And the backups have backups. Have
2: backups. Right. So, I mean, everything has just been made easier with technology. There are some flaws with that, with being able to leak certain things. Files can be deleted if they're not carefully protected, all that kind of stuff, but I mean, the pros definitely outweigh the cons. Oh the no, technological advancements—it
1: does. I mean, it, it's this doesn't have to do with castles, but. It's sad that uh, there's more and more hackers, and hackers are being able to do so much more and hack into so many things, although Disney seems to be very well protected, as they should be, just like government issues and stuff should be well protected. But I wish, you know, hackers would just decide to use their uh, powers for good and create things like working for Disney or work for anybody, I don't know, work for somebody that can build buildings. Like Penelope on Criminal Minds. There you go. Yeah. Use your powers for good, hackers, because... She's a police
2: hacker so she hacks
1: for the good guys. That's right. Well, she didn't. That's how she got that job. That's true. But
2: But. she changed her ways. That's what we're talking about. Right. That's
1: what we want. Everybody to reform themselves.
2: Oh, well, this has really been another interesting and informative episode, Mom. Uh, I really enjoyed digging in and finding out more about what the Imagineers were thinking when they planned the icons for the different parks.
1: Yeah, it was even more in depth than I realized because I wasn't thinking just like I just said before I wasn't thinking about the technology we have now versus the technology they had when Walt first started Disneyland and so I'm sure I hope that the listeners will enjoy this when we had a few comments about the other episode and um, well, actually quite a few comments about the other episode and how interesting that was to learn more in depth about the the different icons at the different parks.
2: Plus, these are icons that are way less familiar to most of our listeners. Obviously, we have international listeners, but for most people, they've been to California or Florida. Correct. And so the other parks and a lot of a lot of the reason is because they're so much newer than the California and Florida parks that these are just now getting into the Disney atmosphere with people who can go visit. Um, People make it a goal to go to every Disney park in their life. That just becomes... Almost like people have, I want to go to this country and this country um, in my lifetime. But a lot of people have the, I want to go to all the Disney parks. I would love
1: to say that, but I do know that it's pricey for us to fly to Europe and to Asia. So we'll have to uh, think about that maybe farther down the line. Maybe we'll uh, win the lottery, even though we don't play it. So that would be a little challenging, right? Maybe we'll win HQ one day. Oh, that's true. So if you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question, simply text us at 407 674 or email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or if you would like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, excuse me, text us at 407-674-0414 or
2: contact us at travel at mousecapades.net. Remember to check out our friends at waltexpress.com for all things Disney. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. We hope you will listen to Monday's episode as we will dig deeper into the Sherman Brothers' iconic songs. We want to thank you for listening and your positive feedback on the Sherman Brothers' episode. Listeners, uh,
1: our friend Lee out in California was able to go to grad night with his high school and spend some time at Disneyland, and he sent us some clips. So, after we are done, make sure you listen, because Lee was nice enough to send us these audio clips, and just give you a little taste of what grad night is like at Disneyland. Well, Kaylee, I think it's about that time. Peace and love. Have a magical day, my friends.
3: Hi, this is Lee Suggs at Grad Night 2018, Disneyland, California Adventure. It took us about from 6 o'clock this morning to about 2 o'clock this afternoon to get down here. There was some traffic, we had some trouble with a bus, all that kind of fun stuff. We got to the school about 5 o'clock this morning. Everyone was searched to make sure they weren't carrying any contraband, and then... Uh, when we got down here, they searched them again. So they're very concerned about uh, students bringing in something they're not supposed to to, uh, to grad night. So any food, anything like that gets dumped out, which is definitely what happened with my food. Usually they don't do that with chaperones. They did this year. Also, what happened is we did go on the Tower of Terror, now called Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I liked the ride before. It was perfectly fine, I thought. Um, this is definitely an upgrade, though. It was exciting, and it was a lot of fun to, um, to ride it and to see it for the first time. I went last year, but it was a three-hour wait, so I didn't go on it. This was about an hour, and it was well worth it. It is an exciting ride. Uh, a lot of rocket in it. If you like rocket, and I do, then it was a very exciting ride to see, and uh, there's a lot of really good theming in the ride. It's a lot uh, more themed, in my opinion, than it was before, or at least it's uh, it's more exciting maybe because it's a references to the movie and stuff. I always liked The Twilight Zone when I was a kid, so it wasn't uh, something that I didn't like. It just is not... Um, relevant, I think, to most people, um, that are, you know, not 56 years old, which I am. So it would definitely, I think is an upgrade for the majority of the population. All right. So I'm in Disneyland now, and, uh, we're going to go check out, uh, the rides here and see what the wait times are. Uh, fast past isn't really, uh, applicable today cause we got here so late. Um, I will check out the max past system that they have, um, here, um, during July when I come back, but I'm not going to try to do that today And most of the fast passes are out, the paper ones that they do normally Disneyland still does paper fast passes And uh, you go and get one and then you have two hours that you uh, um, hold it And then you can get another one um, But you have to either show up for it or it can be, uh, if it's long enough you can, you can get another one after two hours so that's all I have for now just popping up to tell you what's going on we'll talk to you more later eventually we'll end up in California Adventure and we'll uh, talk to you then bye hello again it's about uh, 8.20 here at grad night And I am in the um, Main Street Seminar, which I'm not sure they have anymore in Disney World. They play uh, Mickey Mouse cartoons. All of them are silent. There's a teeny little piano in the background there doing that. And Except for Steamboat Willie, which uh, you may hear in the background playing Turkey and the Straw. Uh, Since we last talked, I was uh, wandering around the park and uh, spent some time in front of the castle and saw people uh, taking their pictures. It's always fun to watch that because everybody's all uh, having a good time setting up for their pictures in front of the castle. And so it's fun to sit there and have a delicious turkey leg and to watch uh, what was going on. Uh, Also, um, something about Disneyland that's a little different if you haven't been here and you've been to Disney World is that everything's a lot closer together. So, Indiana Jones, um, which I went on is um, very close to the Jungle Cruise so the two are themed Um, they have put the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland in the 30s same as the Indiana Jones Adventure which is um, pretty much the same time as uh, the uh, Temple of Doom movie which somewhere around 35, 36 and so they are themed together and there's uh, music that plays in both that's 30s music and there's a bunch of uh, Things that are are visible from the ride. You can see the Indiana Jones queue and the temple um, from the Jungle Cruise. And then you can see the uh, boats coming into the dock and basically just moving around in the um, Jungle Cruise uh, rivers. And so it's something that's maybe a little different than uh, than Disney World is that that is uh, the way it's set up. We are going to go over to California Adventure for the... um, rest of the night around 10 o'clock I'm going to try to watch the fireworks if that's possible. It's very busy here Um, Disneyland shuts off the annual passes that are local and the lower level annual passes uh, around the beginning of June and so um, there isn't um, as many or pass holders in the park um, in July and August and kind of in the middle of June I think is when they actually do it and so um, that actually reduces the number of people in the park plus there's 20-30,000 teenagers that are here right now so it is, it is very busy um, that should do it for now just uh, check it in and uh, we'll let you know uh, what's happening later when we get to the actual grad night party over in uh, California Venture now for grad night uh, they got most of the park closed, which is weird. They closed Paradise Pier about, it's about midnight, and <clears throat> they closed it about half an hour ago. There wasn't much open because some of it just closed. Since it isn't Paradise Pier anymore, it's actually Pixar Pier, and that is, uh, means that Screaming, California Screaming, soon to be the incredible story is closed. Uh, they also have uh, all the shops over there closed, So, um, and the carousel. So most of that area is closed anyways. They did have it open for part of the night, um, what was left of it, but it is closed now. Also, there um, is kids walking by, yelling and screaming, if you hear that. But what... Uh, is open basically is just uh the soaring over the world now used to be soaring over California and the Guardians Ride in Carsland. Um, so they don't have much of the park open. There is several places to dance where they have DJs and uh they're doing that, um, but they have closed a lot of the park. There usually is a world of color, um, which is specific to Grad Night that they play, but that's closed too because the Paradise Pier is being uh, switched over to Pixar Pier, that opens uh, next month. They are testing the Incredicoaster. There is uh, cars running with no people on the tracks, they are red, uh, so they painted the color, but there is no logo, which it will be eventually for the Incredibles, Um, and you can tell that the uh, construction is moving right along in that area. I saw the Pixar Pier, or not Pixar Pier, but Pixar Fest um, fireworks show. That was awesome. Uh, lots of projections on the uh, Main Street buildings, uh, on the castle, and they had the up house fly. It was it was incredible. It was a very, very good uh, fireworks show, and so they did a really good job on that. So that was exciting, and it definitely was um worth seeing that tonight a lot of people as I said in the park there's less over here because this is strictly grad night and uh, the kids are wearing out so a lot of them are are laying down and uh, not doing anything anymore so they're starting to fade out and you can but some of them aren't you can hear them coming by here so there is dance places and some of them are doing that and there is uh, several other uh, things that they can do. This will be my last report for this one. Um, There's not much else to say about it. Uh, We'll be here for another couple of hours. And then uh, Grand now will be over. And uh, again, I'm not sure why they shut down so much of the park. It uh, needs to be more open since there are a lot of kids here still, um, even though they're wearing out. But uh, they do have some rides open, and they do have some dance areas, but that's pretty much it. Um, and like I said, there usually is a world of color, but that is not happening. So uh, they have Grizzly Rapids, for example, closed, I guess because they get wet. But a uh, very similar ride to Cali River Rapids, if you've ridden that. In Disney World, Um, that this uh, is a similar ride, although it's themed to the uh, 49 area of California. It's very similar to where I live um, in the Sierra Nevada foothills. And so, uh, if you see pictures of it, there's a big mountain that is a grizzly head. And it is um, the symbol, actually, of California Adventure. And you can see it just about anywhere in the park. Um, and usually there's a rapid ride that runs through it, and it is shut down. So so not the smartest thing on Disney's part to close all this stuff, but uh, that's what they do. They kind of fade things out to the night. Um, again, they're not real comfortable with all the kids being here, I think, and so they try to limit what they can do. All right. Well, it's been fun uh, reporting on this, and uh, hope that you found something out. And we'll uh, we'll do this again in July.
0: You've been listening to the all new Mousecapades podcast. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. One, three, four, eight, four, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.